Welcome to Zane's World. I'm Zane Lamprey here with Erica. And for those of you who don't know who Erica is, she's right there. Uh, she's a ginger. <laughs> is that weird that I have to preface that? Like when she, she walks, oh, hey, guys, Erica's coming. She's a ginger. I, listen, I, we, no one had control Just over get it. get ready to be blown away. Get ready to be blown away. So, uh, and Erica runs uh, Adventure. Mm-hmm. And, and what do we mean by that? When we say runs adventure. Uh, I keep you in check. Yeah, we go. That's it. I mean, let's, let, let's be honest. That's it. Um, you know, we, and we have some really exciting stuff coming out with adventure uh, that we are, uh, we'll tell you right now. Our guest today, uh, I sat down. This was actually yesterday. Uh, recorded this. I sat down with Tori Belechi. And Tori and I have been friends for a long time. Mm-hmm. Tori uh, was on Mythbusters for, I think, 37 years. Mm-hmm. That's how long that's, that series ran. Really? No. No. Oh my god. No, I was didn't. gonna say he has to be like sixty. He's something. like no, he's definitely he's in his sixties. <laughs> um no, he's like he's he's not Wait, he, the, he's not fifty. The Tori Belichi, I went to Hawaii with him. That's right. We went mm-hmm. to we went to Hawaii together. Mm-hmm. And um and so it's always fascinating to talk about Mythbusters, but the change that we're making in this podcast and what I want people to get from this podcast, from the Zane's Real podcast, is to 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 have some takeaway. So how do you sit down with, with a celebrity and talk to them, and then you leave there inspired to to do something, or maybe revved up, or at least gives you time to think about things about what the person said. So, really, the change in pace and what we're doing with this with this podcast is, I'm taking like a point in someone's life, right? Mm-hmm. So that's when Tori started uh, MythBusters, and I want to know what got him to that point mm. because that is a level of success that's a great level of success and i want to know what brings people to that point like what in his in his life like wh- what path was he was he on before that what was his trajectory for 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 work or for education and 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 just like learn about the decisions he made and things that happened so that mm-hmm. so that as a listener you can have some things maybe that it can apply to your life. That's awesome. Thanks. Do you think maybe I can interview you one day and you can share wow. yours? Wow. Well, that would be, you know, let's talk about that. Uh, let's talk about that later. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I think you had that. That's Didn't great... you do that? Didn't you interview me before? Yeah, but not with that. Not um, with that. Oh, I see. I don't You th- found like I, I don't... path of the podcast. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I have not been interviewed like that. And I've done hundreds like of of being interviewed um and it's never been like that it's mm-hmm. always been about oh tell me about the drinking or tell me about the show or 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 even about your entrepreneurial stuff like um it's never been like who who were you like who were you going to be when you were 11 mm-hmm. you know and the answer is a veterinarian mm-hmm. <laughs> it's gonna help I, was gonna, I wanted to be a fish doctor let's get to that later um so and and really i mean i've always sort of had in my in my mind built into me uh nature wildlife the outdoors and and i wanted to always that i knew that I, I i wanted to work with animals how was it built into you how is it was ingrained yeah, by was it? by the way that i was raised by your mom and dad by my mom and dad yeah, yeah. Just the way that, like, my dad would rescue an animal from the side of the road. Like, it seemed like once a week he'd come mm-hmm. home with a turtle or a snapping turtle mm-hmm. or a squirrel or, like, a woodchuck with a broken foot. And then we would, like, go through and get it fixed and all that kind of stuff. And so if you follow me on social media, you know that, that we do that a lot. You know, like, I, I'd befriend, like, what kind of what kind of 47-year-old man befriends a freaking squirrel? squirrel? Yeah. And names him yeah, and name, feeds him name him Bob. Like, I could, there's, a, there's a squirrel named Bob that will, that will literally walk up 
And if I walk out and I say, hey, Bob, he'll walk up to me yeah, and take, wait, take peanuts. peanuts out of my hand. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Um, so, so that's what you got to know about Tori? Yeah. And, cool. and, and I've known Tori for a long time. And I've heard all the Mythbuster stories. And they're great. And, and that, was, that was a really amazing chapter in his life. And he's off to a new one. But um, I just think it's really interesting to find, like, to, to learn about what makes people tick. You know, like, like – Sure, the stories about all the you know the celebrity run-ins and all the kind of things that some of the guests have talked about. I think it's great, but I really want to learn like what who people were. Mm-hmm. And we started kind of with like with Brian Unger last week, but imagine if we did that with like Eric Roberts. Hmm. And I have Bert Kreischer; he's coming on the podcast oh, in, yeah, in the next week or yeah. so. Um, and and it's going to be that like mm-hmm. start at the beginning. Like I know you're a big Netflix guy; you're you know you're a comedian and and selling out shows and your podcast and all that kind of stuff but let's just go back let's, yeah. let's put a but pin in that what got you there what got you there yeah yeah, yeah exactly mm-hmm. exactly and and Tori said you'll hear in the interview he said oh so you want to know about my mistakes I'm like yeah because you get to a certain point in your life and you realize that you are who you are because of your successes but really more your, your mistakes mm-hmm. you don't you don't really learn a lot when you win you learn a lot when you lose yeah Steve is really winning <laughs> in those regards. Yes. So, by the way, He's so Steve uh, out with his family, Mel uh, up in Tahoe mm-hmm. with her family. It's only me and you. <laughs> it's only it's just it's just you and me sitting here working. Um, so let's do this interview, and then I want to talk about our big news. So after this interview, we'll come back and talk about our big news. Okay. But for now, ladies and gentlemen, Tori Belici. We'll be back in a moment with more Zane's World. Holiday tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. Did you know there are over 10,000 wine grape varieties worldwide? Here's to thousands of gift possibilities. My go-to holiday wine is Chardonnay. I love it with turkey and potatoes. Pile on the gravy. Let me show you our more than 8,000 party-perfect wines that are in your budget and out of this world. Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection with you this holiday. Now offering same-day delivery at TotalWine.com. Cheers! Looking for that hardcore show business fix? Look no further than the producer's guide with my buddy Todd Garner and the litany of Hollywood's elite right here on Podcast One. Join established Hollywood producer, big time Hollywood producer, and previous Zane's World guest, Todd Garner, as he shares his thoughts and stories on the movie business and chats it up with A-list industry friends like Kevin James, Rebel Wilson, Adam Sandler, Zane Lamprey, and so many more. Download The Producer's Guide every Thursday exclusively on Apple Podcasts and PodcastOne.com. Remember to rate and review because we appreciate your feedback. Welcome back to Zane's World. Salvatore Tori Bellici is an American treasure. Growing up on the mean streets of Seaside, California, Tori honed his skills of survival. At age seven, he made his first Maltov cocktail, his first flamethrower at 13, and his first pipe bomb at 19. After graduating with a degree in pyrotechnics from San Francisco State, he went on to work at ILM alongside his mentor, George Lucas. And then went on to become the tallest of the Mythbusters. And today, let's find out as we welcome to the program Tori Belici. Hey, how do you think? How do you feel about that? My new intro. Hey, guys and girls. Now, yeah. now I feel like you're making fun of me. No. And I tried to do. I like that. And I tried to do something I, special for you. I, hey. And then you turn around and you slap me in the face with it. Thanks for having me on the show, Zane. You Wh- wacky guy. Why is it that you We're always here live in Studio City? Why is it that? Why do you give out my address? We're, li- <laughs> we're here live in Culver City. Culver- <laughs> <laughs> Why do you um, care about my it's, I don't care. Uh, um, 
So, welcome. First of all, that's not true. Were you just reading my bio? You know, I went on. You were we, kind of you, reading my bio, but I did. No, not no. a lot of the information. I was went onto your bio and I picked and choosed the things that I wanted to say, and I may I might have embellished. Now I want to tell you a story. I just want your fans to know you can't get a These are your degree fans. in pyrotechnics at San Francisco State. <laughs> you don't know that they don't offer that. There. You would you wouldn't bet your life on it. Yeah, pretty yeah, close. You can't get one. Pretty there. close. There's a story. Um, it's about. Um, I want to say it's called like. Like runaway train or something like that. What are um, you talking about? And it was about? with. De- I, I like my new radio. Voice. I don't like it. It's scary to me. You know, hey, stick around. We'll Dick be right me. back after these messages. We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Um, it was uh, Chris Pine and Denzel Washington on a train. Oh, runaway. Runaway. Don't like that. But the, the, there was the original. Well, here, here it was. It was. It was. Um, the original was like in the seventies, and it, I want to say Robert Duvall and I don't think John Voight. It, it was John Voight, and here's the thing, and I think maybe that not it, you might be right. Okay, but the fact is, they say that the story it's it's based on a true story, and so you watch the movie, and I don't remember it exactly, but like the train was running at full speed, out of control, was about to come into maybe like Pittsburgh where there's an elevated track and it turns. Oh, and there you go. And so the train, if it, they didn't slow down, it would have like gone off the track and they were carrying something toxic or something like that. And then the whole town would have exploded in a nuclear. Oh, okay. Know. So yeah, this is a different movie. And so it, it says based on a true story. And whenever that happens, I'm always like, let me see what this true story is because this is amazing. And you look at you look it up, and basically, like, yes, someone was working on the train, and they put it into gear, or however that works, and then it started taking off, and there was no one in it, and yeah. it went for, like, a mile. Yeah. And then they got in, and they just stopped it. Hey, that's true. That's a true story. What is what so is base, what is the basis? It was of, embellished a little. Okay, all right. So my my bio of you starting the show oh. was way closer to the truth. Than that movie was to the truth about that movie. Oh yes. So I'm not going to see her. I'm not going to see her in my house. I see where you're going. With see what happens, kid. See what happened. I like where you're going with this kid. So you're here doing yes. a secret, super secret project. Super secret. Thanks. I wasn't. You weren't supposed to say anything. Now the cat's out of the bag. <laughs> Wait, that you're doing literally. That you're in the cat. There's cats everywhere. There's a lot of cats. Yeah. So I got a secret project. I can't tell you what it is. You told me. I told you. And I think it's exciting. I think it's uh, exciting as all get out. It's a, it's a new show. It's a new show. Yeah. And uh, I will tell you uh, when I can. Yeah. I, I will You'll come, come back. Up. Yeah, I'll come back. I am, I'm always coming I, back. It's, it's, it, by the way, it's exciting. It's like, it's perfection for you. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of one of those like, what can I do and probably most people don't like couldn't do what, what's the show that i could do that nobody else could do you're really good at spotting owls oh that's not what the show's about it's on animal channel it's on animal it's channel tori spots owls that's the name owl, of the show owl spotter <clears throat> um were you reaching for your soda and you couldn't do it because it was the <laughs> mic is too far <laughs> so far so um at what point did you um decide to come back on your show you know, when I when I pressured you when you told, sent, when yeah. I sent, had those pictures that I said I would yeah, release, and yeah, I was like, please don't release those photos. Yes, I'll come to your show again. Um, the um, do we talk? Can we talk about you being engaged? Uh, sure. And true, true or false? Now, now you know what I think. This whole interview is going to have speckles of the truth. <laughs> 
I know <laughs> because right? we, because we set it up in the beginning. But this is true. I am actually not Tori Belichi. You're, I'm, uh, you're just I'm impersonator. My, just my neighbor. <laughs> just my neighbor. But uh, I know how to laugh like Tori. <laughs> that's, that's spot on. Uh, your first date, yes, was at my premiere party for Chug. Chug. Yes, that's right. And that was like six years ago or so. Five years, six years, yeah, like five or six. Gosh, it was at the El Cap. No, El Cid. El Cid. It was a Spanish restaurant, and we rent out the whole place. That was a fun night, and we had like a photo booth. The photo booth was a huge hit. Yeah, big hit. We rented out the whole place, and that was like. Do you hear cats? You're going to hear cats. Am I hearing things? No, you're going to hear cats at some point. I just want to make sure Um, I'm not going crazy. And so. Um, we were talking before about my buddy Josh who moved to Austin. Yeah. And I married him. Does Mel know about this? Let me finch my sentence. Okay. <laughs> as I put it as I put a deliberate pause in there. I married him to his now wife. Okay. And I had to get hold on. Uh oh. Look at my drawer here. So Zane is pulling out a gun and pointing it at me. What is this? So Official you, ministerial? Is that even a word? Like it says ministerial documents. Is this what happens when you go to Austin? You start Toting guns. This, hold on. I don't want you to. And this is a oh, look at that. American you got uh, a, marriage ministry. For, for everybody Zane who can't see, this, right? Lamprey. This isn't. You don't broadcast this. This is just. No, this is no. They, this they, is all audio. There's so, no visual. So Zane is holding up a bunch of fancy with, uh, with like gold seals. With gold seals, he's, he's got certificates. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm impressed by the power so of you, online Jesus. So you can marry people in Austin. No, I can marry people anywhere. Oh. And so, oh, I see what you're doing. You're, wait, wait, I don't know what's happening. I and see I don't what you're, know. You're okay. Yeah. And the, and no, so, what I what country we, are you getting we married in? We don't need a. I just uh, somebody to marry us. Thank you. I let me just explain. I, I see where you're going. You're with thinking, this. oh, Zane's first class. No, it's two business class <laughs> tickets. <laughs> and we don't have to make a big deal out of it. Uh, no, we're actually uh, it's we're gonna make it easier for you. We're we're gonna be probably in L.A. Probably. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh, down in the place we talked about before? Nope. A different place? Yep. I'll tell, I'll tell you offline. Can I guess? No. Come sure. on. I, you can guess all Okay, here day. we go. Oh, I'm going to get it right in the first one. You're going to flip out. The zoo. Damn. <laughs> You're good. You are good. You at are the good. With the bird. Th- Have you ever been to the LA Zoo and no. seen the bird thing? We're going to go to the Liberia Tar Pits. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Classy. Jump into the like tar pits class at the up. end. That like is class class, That is classy. Yeah. That is classy. So, um, talk to me. Yeah. So when you um, let's go to the hard hitting questions. Let's hard, there are hard hitting questions here. And you know, I, I basically, you know, as you know, this interview is is about your favorite uh, subject, which is you. Oh, um, I thought this was. I thought we were talking about. Pyrotechnics? Yeah, no, some other stuff. I'm, I oh. wasn't sure actually what we were talking. about. Oh, what did you think? I don't know. At one point, what, what's it, the theme of your? I thought we were going to be drinking and stuff. Well, you know that's so funny. There was someone that was going to be a guest on the show, and their publicist reached out and said he doesn't drink. Is that a problem? And I was and like, like, have you? Heard, and you went, I don't. Is, is, is it is it a problem for him? Is it a problem for? I don't understand. <laughs> have you heard the show? It's like yeah. it's called like, but I guess like because of my reputation, people think that it's going to be like, shots. Yeah. Well, you know what? That would be kind of a cool, like, you know, what, what's the hot wings? Right. Fire, red yeah, hot. Red yeah, hot. yeah. That would, I mean, it would be interesting. I mean, it would be aw- like you, uh, every question you do a shot, but you guys, God, you'd be but here's the thing. wasted. Yeah, but here's the thing. I'm like in my house and, I, and I'm and i like, uh, and like, you know, I have like 
house stuff. That's not to say that I couldn't do it like once a week. Yeah. But but to be honest with you, no, I don't want to because uh, my buddy Dan Dunn. He wanted to come in and for his episode, and he wanted to bring a bottle of something okay. sealed, All right. and then we would finish finish the bottle. Oh God, that's insane! Does he think you're an alcoholic? I, don't, I, I mean, you enjoy a cocktail. Yeah, but I mean, you don't have a problem. Exactly. Unless it, you. And you by have, the way, do you have a problem? I would. If, if, because and, and someone even said like oh why don't you make that the show where you like finish off a fifth of something every show you'd be dead. How many shots are in a bottle? Let's just find out real oh quick my because God. Um, that sounds like a like a really funny idea for like one episode and then you're gonna your liver is gonna kaput. Seventeen. Seventeen shots, shots in a bottle. So that's and that's by the way, that's one point five fluid ounce. Right. And so seventeen, so half. So you're of looking it, at like eight, almost nine shots. Eight and a half. That's by the way, that seems low. Eight, it? eight shots? No, ounces, right? Yeah, I guess. One, is it one and a half ounces per shot or one? Yeah, one, one point one point five. So it's seven fifty mL has twenty five point four fluid ounces. Ugh, so yeah, God. so one point five and whatever. But yeah, I, I I mean, besides the fact, like, I would have to be a little bit protective of what I say because I, I mean, that's that's eight and a half shots in an like how long is your right, podcast? That's right, at an hour, yeah, or forty five minutes. You'd be. Done. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and then the interesting, stupid <laughs> shit would be the stuff we do afterwards. Yeah, you know what I mean. Where like we, we you should do- start the show at the ninth, at the eight and a half shot. So like it's like okay, this is we just finished the bottle. Let's start the podcast. Yeah, that's exactly that right. That would be funny. And by the way, and by the way, would it actually be that interesting? Oh god, because if you can't like contain yeah. it, I don't yeah. know. It, it'd be funny to get there, but it wouldn't be funny to be there the whole time. I just remembered that. Um, my mom told me one time she went to get the door like a Friday night mm-hmm. and there was like a naked guy at the door and they were basically drinking next door and it was a dare. <laughs> so he, and he got it and he ran. <laughs> that's, that's what your show would that be. That literally would be what I, my, I would, I would drunk, terrorize my neighbors. Drunk Zane and his, and his guests doing <laughs> dares throughout the neighborhood. Getting arrested. Oh, Zane's doing his podcast But by again. the way, people are listening going like, yeah. Yeah. That would be an awesome show. Yeah. And by the way, on some level, it probably would be. So back back to you. Okay. I read something about how you basically saw, I think maybe like the blueprints of the Millennium Falcon or a blue screen or some, something like, something blue. Okay. Um, and that was, uh, and maybe it was like behind the scenes oh, of like Star Wars. Right. And that's wow. when you said, wow. that's what I want to do. No, it was, it goes back further than that. It was when I was seven years old. Okay. I'm going to date myself now. When you were seven, you when, had made your first Molotov cocktail. As per yeah, yeah. Th- that fact. that is fact mm-hmm. that is true. Kids, don't try this at home. Try it at your neighbor's house. So if you burn the house down, you're burning your neighbor's. If house I actually down. have like a seven year old listening to my podcast, it's just the it's, it's weird. Yeah. yeah. Well, you never know. So anyway, yeah. So when I was seven, I saw Star Wars the the original Star yeah. Wars changed my life. Yeah. Wanted to be changed a lot of our lives. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. really like yeah. if you think about how much of an impact that movie had on just culture yeah. of the world like yeah. it seared something in every little person and yeah. i mean everyone's brain and so it was at that point that i was like that's what i want to do for a living yeah. i, I want to be a special effects like build models build spaceships and i went to the library back in the day before google yeah there's a place i don't know if you guys know this uh, you got a, you probably do, have a lot of millennials Dewey, listening Dewey decimal system there, there's a place yeah and it's filled with books no and it's called the library what what and you go there and you get a card and you, yeah and so i had to go find 
books on movie special effects. Luckily, there were some, and yeah, at that young of an age, yeah, because I was doing like a report, like a book yeah, report, or whatever. It. So I was like super into it. Um, I think at that point it would probably would have been like in junior high or high school. So it would have been some time after sure. the movie Star Wars. But I just remember it was this book, The Making of Star Wars, and it blew my mind. Yeah. And from that, like the photos and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, you see all these guys, you know, in front of these spaceships that they built, you know, in front of blue screens because mm-hmm. that's how they would comp them. Yeah. And that's another thing that, you know, it's like nowadays, most special effects is done in the computer. So yeah. it's like nobody builds models like they used yeah. to, you know. I, as you're telling the story, I'm thinking about the fact that, like, it was such an event to go to the theater. Yeah. Whereas now kids are first introduced to Star Wars and all like those movies like I mean usually at home, right? Like you'd be yeah. watching those first as they start to get old enough and they start watching those yeah. those kind of movies. And then, then when they go to the theater, it's not as impactful. Or they're watching it on their phones. Oh my god, yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's like you got this director and this whole production and they're building this amazing, you know, world these visual images yeah. Yeah. for the big screen. And some people are watching it for the first time on their phone. And it's just like, oh, like that's not how it was intended, but whatever. I had uh, this weird story. So it came out in 78 or 77? 77. 77. So I would have been five. Okay. And uh, you were like 18. And uh, (laughs) I am much more mature. I am much older than you. You're so much older. Yes. Uh, By months and months. Um, So I remember that my uncle was at the house. And he's like, hey, I'm taking everyone to Star Wars. My uncle did the same thing. But, but the weirdest thing happened. What? I didn't believe him. Why did he? I don't know. That didn't make... No, it didn't it was make... This a, was this a habit of his? No. We're going to Disneyland. No, no. And he, then he just wouldn't take no, you? No, he was like a colonel in the army. He's a straight shooter, good guy. And like he was taking... He had three kids and... So why wouldn't he... Why wouldn't you believe his... I don't know. And he's like, okay. I'm like, no, you're not. I, I and just... And then re- he went, cool. You stay home, Zane. All right, kids. I just, and, re- and I just he, remember that. It's just like, yeah. And then they went and they came back and it was amazing. I'm like... No, but... You're still lying. That's a weird... Like, <laughs> it's a dumb, dumb little anecdote. Yeah, why? Yeah. why do you you should have it? your uncle on the show and, <laughs> and just get explain, to the bottom of this. Explain to me exactly. Trust issue you have with him. <laughs> exactly. So I just wonder about like... And the thing that I really want for people to get from this podcast, aside from, you know, aside from learning more about you... Yeah. I want them to learn from your experiences. From because, my mistakes. Well, no. It's, in, no, it's funny. I mean, that, learn. that's the thing that you realize is that you, you do learn from your mistakes. And I'll tell a lot of mistakes that, like, your parents don't want you to make. You yeah. know, like, being safe and see. But, like, all the things. I don't want you to learn the hard way. Right. And so they try to prevent those those kind of things. But um, somebody calling you? Who's interrupting this podcast? This is Dan Lissing, who's my oh. guest on the next episode. Is he, <laughs> yeah. is he the next guest? You just gonna call it in? <laughs> yeah. so wait, I could have called this in. You didn't know? I didn't. Uh, I don't. I don't uh, need you here. Could have called this in. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I mean, it's it's really about your life experience. And you get to whatever age you are, you just realize that like the older you get, the less you realize that you know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And yeah, you kind of figure like. I, I do remember, like, in high school and in, like, maybe beginning college, it was like, oh, I got it figured out. I got this. I understand the world. Yeah. I understand what I want, what yeah. I need, yeah. how things work. And then, yeah, it just gets more and more complicated. And it's, yeah, it, and that's what, I guess that's what it is, the complications, because at this point, I But just, let me ask you this. I know nothing. I, I feel like, uh, I feel like, like, uh, when you're younger, did you, were you a hard worker growing up? Mm, no. That's a, that's a really, did... 
You weren't even going to let me answer because my response answered enough. You're thinking. You're like, what should I tell him? Should I, I tell him the I, truth? No, I worked hard at things that I cared about. Like, I could sit down and draw mm-hmm. for for hours. Yeah. And, you know, then your other classes and all that kind of stuff and everything, I would always be a doodler. Okay. You know, I was a doodler yeah. and, I was, and I was funny. I, I was doing the same thing. And, and, and then, you were funny. And I was funny. And I used humor as a deflection. Yeah. For for when I wouldn't do the things that I was supposed to do, whether it was like a chore or homework or something like that. Yeah. And and and, and it's a it, defense mechanism. It was a defense me- mechanism. I think it's a, I think it's it goes back to like m- chimpanzees. Like yeah. I think that was like a, a evolutionary. Can like, you can like, you explain I, the scenario? I'm just picturing like monkeys. You yeah. know, there's two chimps. There's, there's two a chimps. giant monkey who's about to kill this other uh-huh. monkey. And because he's trying to get with his mate, yep. And that monkey picks up some rocks and starts juggling, and the big monkey's <laughs> yeah. like, Haha, "Yeah, you're hilarious. I'm yeah. gonna let you live. I'm gonna let you live. Yeah, yeah. That's and I so think, true. And I think we kind of have we've held on to that. And it's like, I mean, and what does it say about like someone who's funny? Because I watched this uh, comedians and cars getting coffee. Oh yeah, and it was Seinfeld and Eddie Murphy. Okay, and they both talked about the fact that when they were growing up, they really didn't have any friends. Huh. And so humor was just like a thing, you know, like a, a again, it was a it was a mechanism of defense for for whatever trouble you could get in because you didn't have because like how cool were you in let's call it junior year high school mm. from 0 to 10. If you want me to go first, I'll go first. Are you going to tell me how cool I was? No, 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 I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. not. Cuz you're 10. You're 10 in my book, bro. You're like uh, I'm like I was a 10. You're like ah. I'm guessing more of a three. Yeah, I would go three. Uh, I would say that I was a five and a half. Yeah. I see my I was I'm a middle child. Yeah, me too. So I have an older sister, younger brother. Yeah. So I was always a chameleon in school. So like I played football my first year in high school mm-hmm. and then I was just like, this is not for me. And then I went and got a job and like education was a bit, you know, it was like I did it, but I didn't love. Some people loved studying and yeah. loved taking tests. I yeah. I was not that. But my thing was, I could get along with everybody. I got along with the jocks. Mm-hmm. I got along with the kids, you know, the smokers at the bleachers. Yeah. You know, I was like a chameleon. I could fit in with anyone, and mm-hmm. that was, I think, another like defense mechanism. It was like I want to fit in. I want to, yeah. you know, don't want to make any waves. And uh, so my cool factor, like I don't know, because like I said, I. Would hang out with the cool kids, but then I would hang out with the nerdy kids. Right, right. So, like, I was just kind of like a, yeah, I guess yeah. a five. <laughs> I was a 5.5, so. You are cooler than I was me. <laughs> by half a point. By a half a but point. by the way, you you pretty much described, and I, it's interesting, I wonder how many middle children there are uh, out in the world that we, we run in, the entertainment world and that, that kind of stuff. Because, you know, the older one got it all first yeah. and the younger one was coddled and the middle was like you know they would like forgotten forgotten i was just gonna say they go they'd be on their way back home from the the carnival and be like one two three four who are we forgetting no you know what i think we're good <laughs> so amazing. totally well like my my older sister she was a few years older and she was like studious like so smart she was the oh this is the older yeah she yeah, graduated so my brother, she thing. graduated second in her class uh, you know smartest per you know whatever gps nerd (laughs) and she was on every you know played every sport was on every committee whatever right and then i show up and i used to go into classes and they would call my name and they're like balachi 
any relation to Anne? I was like, yeah, it's my sister. And they're like, oh. We have high expectations yes, for you. They were like, oh, we're looking forward to what you can offer to the class. And, at that, and, at that and point, I was like, well, get ready for a big disappointment. <laughs> that, it was at that point that you would put your cigarette out on, on the sole of your shoe <laughs> yeah. and say, let's get going. Uh, yeah, it was bad. So do you feel like when you, you – Scared? Yeah. Scared, sure. But like, did you make a decision that, that you were going to do special effects? Yeah. I mean, I knew that at a like a very like I said, very young age. I was like, all I wanted to do is either like something in movie yeah. effects. That yeah. was that was my goal, and it is a big achievement. Like it's not like a fore, foregone expectation that you could decide I want to go into special effects, and then you end up going and working at ILM. Yeah, no, that was. I mean, it was one of those like, oh my gosh, I'm here. I couldn't believe it. Like when I was going right. in. Because I applied, you know, when I was going to film school, um, there was a class where a guy who was working up at ILM, he was an art director, he would come every Thursday night after he was done working and he would teach this class. And it was like this weird, like, I don't even remember, I, I had friends who were like, oh, dude, you got to take this class. It's this special, like, add-on class. They don't, they're, they're calling it uh, movie arts or something. Like, it wasn't, it had nothing to do with special, it didn't say anything about special effects. Got it. It was like this weird secret yeah. class. And it turned out it was this guy, Ty, who was an art director and he was working on Terminator 2. He was working on Jurassic Park. So it was right around the time when all the digital effects were starting. But that kind of stuff was happening up there. Yeah, in industrial. So, well, he, would, so he would drive from Marin down to San Francisco State yeah. and teach this class once a week. And he would bring in other effects artists oh my God. to tell stories like and, it, make, and like makeup people and, and stuff. I mean imagine like the f- classroom was full of nerds just <laughs> yeah, frothing yeah, yeah, at yeah, the yeah, mouth yeah. right and you know we were just like oh my god like this is the closest we have ever come yeah. to, to you know industrial light magic was there a test no I mean he would just it was no, like a lecture no, like he, a lecture course he would just show us cool stuff and tell us I mean it was just like this weird so, so did you get it, a, did you get a grade he, he basically said you can take notes. You don't have to. Right now, you're all getting an A. Oh, my God. And it was just like, this is the coolest class ever. And so after that, then I started like trying to apply for an internship Okay. and was denied every year, right? Because yeah. everybody wants to intern. Okay. Um, at least in my, you know, in, in film school, everybody was trying to get up there. And then, yeah, then I, I started working for... Some other production houses in... But go go back to how... So you were trying to get an internship. Yeah. And then you got denied. Like, for how long? I I mean, I, I probably have... I know I have one letter, a denial letter. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You and I, and I held on to it. And that's it was funny. So when I got the job there, I brought it in to show everybody. I was yeah. like, ah, look, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> you guys so said good. I can't be here. I'm here. So, like, I mean, you know, a lot of people... Um, try to get into the entertainment business of any area, and and the thing about the entertainment business is like, it's a roller coaster. I went to my my buddy just produced a film and went to his rap party last night, and he was just talking about how like you're on top because you're working, and then all of a sudden you have your rap party, and then you're like, uh, now what do I do? With now what I do? Yeah, yeah. Then you just kind of then there's the hustle, and then the next one. Yeah. And I think it's the it's the hustle, right? It's the it's the it's the in between part that just you can't. It's like people just walk away from that. 
because yeah. you don't get paid during that time. Yeah. Some people might be really good at the job, but not good at the hustle or, you know, whatever it is. Um, and I think, you know, like people just start dropping off. Yeah. Well, I think it is discouraging. Like if you can't. It's discouraging as fuck. It's like it's in those it's in those lulls where it's just like staying motivated, staying positive, yeah. staying creative. And that's the hardest thing, right? When you're when you're like getting beat down or you're not getting those those opportunities, yeah. it's hard to stay uh, creative because you're like you're just like, oh, my God, I'm depressed. I can't get you know, I can't get my foot in the door. Um, and so what was your first um, opportunity? Like who who gave you the, the chance? So while I was at film school, a buddy of mine got a job at a um, commercial production house. Colossal Pictures was the name of it. They did, I don't know, do you remember Liquid Television on MTV? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. So they did all that. So pretty much any commercial that you saw like the uh charles barkley playing against godzilla okay there was a ad mm-hmm. you know they did a nike nike ad any kind of weird animated commercial during like the eight late 80s early to mid 90s mm-hmm. this company was responsible for they were just like killing it they were doing a lot of computer graphics a lot of props and i got a job in the model shop i and that's where I met uh, Jamie. Like modeling, or did you no, no, first no. start sweeping? Or I was sweeping the floor. Yeah, okay. I was sweeping, literally sweeping the floor and painting the Sykes. Yeah, okay. You know, so it's like, oh, we have a green screen shoot coming in. Paint it green screen. So for people who don't know what the the Syke or the Cyclorama, it's a so picture the Matrix when it's it's basically infinite white. Yeah, and it's lit in a great way, but it basically it's a wall. I'm trying not to use my hands to, to show it. Yeah, it's a wall it's, that it's comes down to the ground and, cur- and curves as it gets to the floor. Yeah, and you paint it white and light in such a way that it goes on forever. And they use that for green screens as well. It looks like it, you're in infinity. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so and so, so I used to sweep the floors and painting that was paint the walls. I mean, the like I have these every time I smell uh-huh. house paint. Uh huh. I know. I go I, right yep. back to that. Yep. Where it's just like on, you know, a scissor lift going up and down. And these are tall. You yeah. know, this warehouse was probably, you know, 30 feet, 40 feet high. So yeah. it's like imagine a 40 foot high wall that yeah. I would have to go and paint the whole thing. And that comes all the way down to the, to the floor, yeah. which obviously would yeah. be easier. And give up show business? <laughs> but you were, in, you were in heaven. Yeah. Oh, right? I was. I know. Because you, because you were there. I was in the studio. It's yeah. one of those situations where like, okay... How do I just not screw this up? Because if I can, if I can just stay here, I can work my way up the up the ladder. Yeah. Who do, I just have to make sure I don't piss anybody off. That's that's what. Sorry, that's my internal dialogue. That might not be <laughs> yours. <laughs> something, something amazing happens. You're, you're like, I oh think my you're God. projecting onto me. <laughs> you know, I don't do that anymore. But but like I used to. That used to be my thing. When something good happens, it's like, don't screw it up, Zane. How long? How long will this go till I say yeah. something stupid? Yeah. Because when you say funny things like humor is often saying either what people are thinking or what you're thinking but don't want to say right like yeah. that's the humor is and, and and sarcasm so it's it's really easy to like just go a little bit too far and yeah. say the wrong thing and oh. then they, and they all look at you and go okay uh we don't like that guy i was working on that so oh wait real, real quick yeah, so sure. while, while i was working at colossal pictures there was my you know the the Studio manager was like, you know, we need you to get the the set, you know, the stage cleaned up. We're going to put lights. We want to set it up because we have a client coming in to use the space. And I, I, was know, like, I know, and I know what it is. Who? Was it The Matrix? Nope. Okay. And so, no, this is like because you did work on that too. I did. 
Okay. This, this was no. I was I was still the oh, but, oh yeah by that stage time yeah, I was I still it. sweeping and setting up lights and everything. So I'm sweeping, getting it all set, and all of a sudden a black car rolls up to the stage, and a couple people get out, and then this one guy gets out of the back, and they come in, and it was Tim Burton. Oh wow! And he was looking for a space to do Mars Attacks. Originally, Mars oh Attacks. <laughs> Yeah, it was supposed to be stop motion animation puppets. Okay, got it. But then ILM was like, "Hey, we got this new technology. Oh my god, it's computer generated yeah. characters." And then they went from stop motion to computer generated. Yeah. But I was just I was sitting there, and like he could see how dumb found it. You know, I was just like I was, <laughs> That's I was so just good. in shock. How old are you? Uh, I was probably like twenty. Three, four? One, 22. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm just like staring at him and he, and he just like gives me like a wink and a yeah. grin. Like yeah, he's it's, like, it's you me. know who I am. It's yeah. Me. It's like, yeah. dude, you're Tim Burton. Uh, yeah. That was one of my first brushes. Please, with... please tell me you said that. No, I didn't. <laughs> you're Tim Burton. I, I know. Yeah. This is... Can we get, can we get it? Yeah. When we're shooting, he can't, he can't be here. security. <laughs> uh, at one point out here, I had written this script and these guys saw it. It was just like a short. You know what? It was my show that was called Insane, and what I wanted to do it was it was a hidden camera show. I see what you, you see what I did there, and I wanted to basically in, in public places. Um, I wanted to uh, be chased by like a dinosaur or a robot <laughs> or something like that, right? Yeah. But so I so basically you would show it. So this is pre YouTube, pre YouTube, yeah. And so um, it was like my hidden camera show where I was doing different things and and. Um, and so I wanted to basically like run through a public park and be like knocked around by a dinosaur with people looking like, what is this guy doing? Right. And so you would see it at home with the dinosaur and then you would remove the dinosaur and show how stupid I actually looked. And so like I had, was talking to a guy from – Oh, so like when you went and shot it, you were just going to act like a jerk yes. without a dinosaur and then yeah. – and then they were, you were going to put in... CG, in CG, they were putting uh, the dinosaur. Okay. And so that's the hidden camera aspect of it. You're like, oh. you would first watch it with the dinosaur. And like, oh, that's amazing because I would get like batted around and right. like slapped and like dragged right. or whatever they, they could manage. Right. And then, and then you'd remove it to and show how stupid... And they're like, who's how, this crazy person? Yeah, exactly. He's insane. <laughs> exactly. There you go. And so this guy was from, uh, from, from Disney. He had worked with the 12 old men. Okay. From Disney. Oh, whoa. No, yeah, like, yeah. Like the original? He was trained by one of them. Oh, yeah. Great. Okay. And so this guy was probably 50 at the time. Okay. Um, and so he was like, hey, I can do this for you. Because I think I put it out on Craigslist or something, whatever. And okay. he reached out. He's like, I'm from, from Disney. Let's meet. So I met, met him. And he's like, hey, by the way, like I can do this for you. But you seem like you're really creative. And I, got, I know this guy who has an, this studio... And they basically brought me in for a meeting. It was just such a weird thing, but it, it was called um, Vision Art. Okay. So it was down here. It was, was, a sa- it, was this your big break? No, oh, it was no. a weird. It okay. was a weird situation. So they basically. How old are you at this time? I'm probably like forty two. Forty two. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Yeah, you know, I'm probably twenty seven. Okay. And uh, so I go down and meet with them, and they want to do this like animated thing so what happened was they had this company called vision art okay and vision art was down here and they did um a lot of uh the animation or the the visual effects for like godzilla men in black oh cool so like whenever there was a lot of things they had this technology and they also had fur so they could do fur technology and stuff like that yeah and they were actually one of the first with that so they they basically what happened was the guy had um 
they were like on top of it. They were do, they were doing all they they were doing all the best movies, and so the guy went out and bought like did at least like twenty million dollars worth of equipment, like <laughs> rendering stuff, and signed like a seven year lease on that equipment. Wow! And so what happened was, I mean, the technology was changing so rapidly that yeah, everything was obsolete by it, the side. That's exactly by the time you plugged it in. Yeah, it, that's exactly right. So you, by year two, he would go in and they would bid what they would originally bid. Right? Okay, for Godzilla, we can do this for you know. 8.6 million, right? We can do all the effects that you're asking for and da da da. Right. And then these, you know, like seven guys in an office or an apartment with like a little render farm yeah. could do that for 3 million yeah. or, or or small or whatever. And and then it was like commercials and all this kind of stuff and these this guy just he couldn't compete. Wow. Whatever he would end up bidding to even to, to even try to get it, he would, he would lose. lose money. Like yeah. you could bid 2 million dollars and you you're going to lose a million dollars because you can't even pay for your your equipment. Oh my god. So what they wanted to talk to me about, and this is before I did three sheets or anything. How do you how do we run our business, Zay? <laughs> well, they basically wanted to turn it into an animation company. Okay. So they had motion a motion capture studio. This is all down in like Pico and Olympic. They had like a yeah. like a five acre lot right. and a building. Okay. And they wanted to turn all this into animation and they wanted me to do it. So long story short, I ended up writing this film for them uh-huh. and then because they were still at that point they weren't quite they hadn't slipped quite far enough even though they lost most most of their people you know they had maybe like a hundred people now they're down to like a ten and uh, like 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 artists and animators oh we got another round of layoffs yeah exactly what and then um Who's still here my key card doesn't work yeah. and so anyway they got a meeting with the head of disney i think his name was maybe dick cook at the time okay and so he brought his team in and i pitched them this movie this animated movie. Oh, so you were you were the pitch guy. I was like the, you, you were you were the front man. I for said this. I said what's so it was the name of the company was Santa Monica Animation, and I said what's my title? And the guy <laughs> and the guy's like whatever you want to call yourself. Oh I don't God. care, president, CEO. I don't oh. care. Oh, look, kid, look, kid. We, you, yeah. you got spunk. Come on here and and, and and that's literally. And, and so I went and pitched him, and they and they said they wanted to do it, uh-huh. and the whole thing then this house of cards and it just fell apart but here i was i was about to direct a movie yeah. for disney at age 27 yeah a lot but, of and, moxie kid yeah you you got what you yeah she get in there oh, yeah, she, get, get, get in there get in there it's like we're, we're losing money we're hemorrhaging money they'll kill him that's funny so uh so it's funny because probably around the time we were in a similar sort of thing the only catch is that you were actually doing it and i was just talking about it so so then you went on. Then you went on from <laughs> Colossal, and how did you end up at ILM? So then from there, I went and did an internship for uh, a. There was a stop motion animation show that was being produced called Bump in the Night. Okay, it was on ABC yeah. sat, Saturday morning. Uh, it was like this little green creature that lived under the bed, and he had all these goofy friends. But it was all stop motion. So wow. so it was basically like so going in work building amazing. toys all yeah. day. And then we built cool sets. Building miniatures? Yeah. It was it was like literally the coolest, most fun job. When you say intern, were you not being paid? So I started as an intern. So I would go there because I was still like – Oh, in school. In school. Got it. And so I would go in like twice a week for, you know, I think we were doing – I was doing eight-hour days. But I would get credit yeah. and just work for free. I love it. You were paying the school. Yeah. And then, and then you were working for free. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and everyone's like, and, and meanwhile, all three parties were happy. And the school was getting a ton of money. Yeah. But the good thing was, like a week later, you know, they saw how determined I was. And, you know, I guess I had some talent because they hired me. Uh-huh. Oh, and wow. After how long? 
uh, a couple of weeks. Okay. So I was. Inter- oh wow, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, and so she was just like, "Wow, you're like you're really good at this," and and I was like, "Thanks." And so they're like, "We have this, you know, video game that we're working on. If you're interested, in coming in." So that's how I got in. Uh, so internships, that, I mean, that was a huge. Yeah, you you have a foot in the door. Yeah, if they're going to hire, they're yeah. probably going to hire from and within. Then, and then when I started, you know, now I'm talking to all these people. It's all these kind of young kids around my same age, you know, in their twenties. Uh, but then there was these old timers that were there, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Oh yeah, I worked on Nightmare Before Christmas," and it was like, ah. Oh my god! Yeah, like right, you guys right. are, you know, and then this one guy. Oh, I worked on Empire Strikes Back in Return of the Jedi. Wow. So, so it was like getting closer to that dream, mm-hmm. that goal of working in special effects, and that is kind of how you know it's like you start making relationships, and as long as you don't piss anybody off, yeah, and you do hard, you know, you wow, work hard. I couldn't, and, and I couldn't, try I couldn't to do it. I couldn't do it. You, you <laughs> I had, couldn't do you're it. Like I had to piss people off. <laughs> it was don't in say, me. I couldn't help it. There's like that the the angel and the devil on my shoulders. Like say it. Don't say don't it. Say Just it. say it. Say it. It might be funny. Yeah. It's not going to be funny. I wouldn't say it. And what would I do? I'd say exactly. it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So that was that was like a really cool, you know, and then you would learn. Like I was learning from guys that forgot more yeah. than I knew. Right. You know, they, yeah. they forgot about things that they've done. Yeah. And they were teaching me. Oh, oh yeah. I think I was on that show. Yeah. yeah. I was like, wait, you worked on King Kong? Yeah. Yeah. We built the ham. How, how did you build it? I don't remember. I don't remember. Paper machine. But anyway, let me show you how to, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, that, that kind of crazy. And then as I worked there, um, that show got canceled. The kids didn't watch it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so everybody kind of scattered. Some people went to work. Oh, got it. So I was doing a little bit of work on James and the Giant Peach, you know, building, mm, building yeah. stand-in puppets. Yeah, I remember that. So everybody was, just- Was that Tim Burton? That was Henry Selleck. Okay. Directed that. And Henry Selleck directed Nightmare Before Christmas, but everybody thinks Tim Burton ah. did because his name is on. Of course, it's his. It's his idea. Yeah, but anyway, you get to a certain point, your name is worth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stamp. Put your name Stamp. on it. Stamp. But his. It, but yeah, it, his. It was his vision. But anyway, from there, everybody scattered, and a lot of people went back to Industrial Light and Magic, and that's when. It was like, but but you say went back now. This would be you going there for the first time. So people, the way it would work is there'd be a big show. You would get hired. Got it. When the show finished, you get laid off. Got and it. It was just a cycle. So yeah. people would just come and go from different studios or yeah. different shops. Similar. I mean, down in L.A., same thing. I mean, I mean even yeah. more so down here. Yeah, where, for sure. You know, especially creature shops. It's like, you know, you got these people that just revolve around. You know, yeah. go from shop to shop wherever the work is. Yeah. And so. When ILM was getting busy, they were looking for new people, and so I went up there. Because now you knew some people. Exactly. Got it. And uh, and so the first movie I worked on at ILM was Starship Trooper. Wow. Which is my favorite movie, I in I think, of all the movies I've worked I, on. I like the sequels better. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, they are pretty good. Well, but they're they're not bad, but they're just like you can tell that the budget was oh, yeah. a, a quarter yeah, an of eighth. what of what yeah. it was. It's just it's amazing to that you when you're in the business, you can you can see budget. And that's why I think a lot of the things that like the Netflix shows try like you you can't reveal your budget 
during the show because if you just have like a crowd scene and it's like a tight shot yeah you know what i mean you're just yeah. like it for me it takes me out of it i don't think that my mom would be like ah whatever but yeah. like you know you can just like oh i, I don't want to see the budget like right, right hide those things a little bit better yeah or have this one big crowd scene and then the rest you know like hide it someplace yeah. else. but that's why i love like directors who come up with creative ways right where it's like uh, there's no way we're going to be able to show that, so let's just not show it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Like, like, yeah, like right. Like uh, in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, where you know the big boxing scene. Oh yeah, with Bruce Willis and the other guy. Is that all in the locker room? You never see the fight. You never. Right. You're never in the giant auditorium right. where the ring is. So good. And it's just like, but you, you, you hear you, it. You you yeah. hear it and yeah. you visualize it. Yeah, because you hear the story. Yeah, and you just picture what had happened. I, that's I love that. When you walked into ILM for the first day, mm-hmm. h- how many people would you assume at that time worked there? At that time, it was super busy. So I would say in the shop, in the model shop, I would say, gosh, maybe around a hundred people. Oh my god, maybe more. And by the way, they yeah. also did digital too, right? Yeah, so they were doing digital and practical at the same time. So, so this is and the, and for. People who haven't lived on this planet for long. Uh, ILM, Industrial Lights and Magic. Light, Lucasfilm. Light, Lucasfilm. So George yeah. Lucas's yeah. Uh, visual effects company. Yep. And and so when you walked in there for the first day, were you just like... I was so nervous. It's so good. Yeah. I'm like, you know, kind of... Hi, my name, my name is Salvatore. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and it was funny because it was like me and a couple other people. That, oh, their first day as well. Yeah. And we're all just kind of looking at each other with our tools and we're like... Uh, where should we go? Oh my god! And I was like, okay, uh, why don't you jump on here? Uh, yeah, it was nerve wracking. Oh my god, that's I mean, it was, amazing! Yeah, it was, it was crazy. And then how how long were you there for? So I worked there for eight years. Wow, that's amazing. Yep, I worked on uh, Matrix two and three, but that's that was actually outside of ILM. Okay, but it was the same people. And you became um a like a specialist like from for models. Yeah, model builder. Okay, yeah, miniatures or all sizes? All sizes. I mean sets. Yeah. Oh, sets and stuff too. Sets too. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we worked on Star Wars movies. So you had your own tools? I had my own tools. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm proud of that. Um, you still have those Star tools? Wars. I worked on Star Wars. You, you, you still have your, your Star Starter Wars tools? Beach. You were, that's, what was funny is we were, because we were all, you know, nerds. Yeah. Going, oh my God, we're working on episode one. The yeah. Ne- the, like George is coming out of retirement yep. to do yep. the next series of Star Wars yep. movies. This is the dream. Like yeah. we have accomplish the dream i'm working on the next fucking star, star wars. wars and we were there was the sculptor uh who was working on a bust it was this alien and you know he had this little clay maquette that he was sculpting the, the head and we're yeah. like, oh my god look at it's a new alien for star wars and then and then he opened his mouth and it was, and it was, jar, it was binks. jar jar binks yeah like oh, what but you but you what you told happened? me about like so okay so you worked on that for how long how many years that was like a year and a half of my life of consistent work yeah so good um i mean that's people have to understand how rare that is i think people get it you know but what's sad is like you work that hard Mm -hmm. and long on a project and then it comes out and i don't know like i i i I hate on that that's those episode one everyone everyone does like everyone does by the way and i shouldn't because they're still good but it's like they are they are they did it's interesting i think my my theory of of that and and it's it's been sort of resolved is that you know they were doing all of their effects 
practical. Like most of them were practical, right? In, yeah. in the in the beginning. Yeah. And then digital came along and it's like, well, let's throw an effect in every shot. Yeah. And you're just like, no, no. Part of it is like was the grittiness of it. Like like yeah. you have to get back to that and, and like all those crazy cities and all that kind of like all the green screen stuff. Yeah. I think we know it now, right? But the most it took a lot of the heart out of it. But the most important thing is story. Right? Exactly. Yeah. If you're not buying the story, it doesn't matter how good the effects are. Right. Like I saw, but uh, it was like the, it was like the Senate Metachlorins and like all oh these things. Oh God, and that like, was. And was like, were wait, just like, what? I, you have to be born with these things yeah. to be a Jedi. This yeah. like. My yeah. dream is to be a Jedi. Now, <laughs> That's right. And now you're telling me, you're, oh, you're genetically dis- you're, you're, yeah, you're, exactly. you're predisposed. Exactly. And so you're you're working there, and that's yeah. where you meet Adam. Yeah. So Adam came on when we started doing episode two, and we were. And what was his thing? Model maker. Okay. Yeah. And he, he a senior model maker, or no? We were all just kind of like we all came in as model makers, okay. and then there were the old timers that Got had it. worked on. Star Wars, like, like, like but Steve were... Golly was like he he on the original, got right it right out of art school. He went to Long Beach, and they said, "Hey, there's this guy, this young kid. He's got this movie. His name's George. They're looking for people to help design spaceships." Yeah, and oh my God. the guy was, you know, he went from. 77 until whenever he retired, which was maybe a few years ago. Oh my God, and that was his whole career working in effects like that's so crazy it's so crazy and then and it's that that's part of like there were so many genius elements of the original star wars yeah. and one of them was like first of all the grunge of everything yeah you know what i mean like everything was like nothing was perfect right and the ships like yeah it wasn't did, like star did, trek yeah 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 everything's all polished per- perfect exactly yeah. shiny this is all yeah. just like it's dirty and it's just like and the ships they don't make a lot of sense like yeah. they like in you're right in star trek it's like everything needs to be like aerodynamic and all everyone was worried about that what i think is really cool is that like people know you for Mythbusters and mm-hmm. and all the projects that you've done and this interview is all about leading up to it it's literally the prequel <laughs> for for every other interview because don't other interviews no charge our beak so yeah. in this prequel. <laughs> but like every but everyone every interview has to touch more on on mythbusters you were there for how many years uh like 13 years 13 years yeah and and so when you were um i'm not gonna let us get into it because what mythbusters oh because i because i think that the journey is so interesting and i think that's that's what I want people to take away mm. is to understand the the struggle. The struggle. The struggle was real. The struggle was real. The, mis- yeah. the, the mistakes. Well, when it was like because like I never wanted to be in front of the camera. That was like my last. That's why I did special effects. I wanted to be right. behind the scenes. Right. I don't want to be in it. <clears throat> and when MythBusters happened, it was like ah, this is the worst day of my life. Like I, you know, they're like. We're going to film you, and you got to talk. And I'm like, I don't talk on camera. I don't talk good. I build good. I don't talk good. <laughs> what was your like moment? And I feel like that was the moment that kind of broke me of being self-conscious or whatever, you know, like forcing myself to get over my insecurities to, to be, yeah. you know. To, and you were like like 320 pounds. Yeah. So point. like, yeah. yeah. Camera subtracts <laughs> 280. We need you to get in shape. Uh, what? What? uh but like, what, what? At what point do you remember where you're like, "Oh wow!" No, like, my, my like something's happening. My journey, like you, you mean like my my like realization? Television. Like, did you? I mean, you obviously wanted to be on TV. Yeah, so I moved out here to to do. Okay, so I moved out here to basically 
to do to be an actor. Okay. And um, consider the comedian route, but I no, it's like acting. So I went into auditions and stuff, and like, and you show up, and there's like ten guys that look sort of like you, but 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 taller, better looking, more fit. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, you guys are all the better version. You guys are better versions of me. That that, that literally happened one time. I oh, so this man. casting director was was doing a commercial. Uh, for in Japan, huh. and I knew him, and he's like, they want Hank Azaria type because it's like basically like a like a, a, a Godzilla spoof. Bodhi, can you stop licking his shoes? Thanks. <laughs> Bodhi's my neighbor. <laughs> but people don't know my dog. Why is it? Why is it neighbor? Like, and so he's like, but you have to have a passport, and I didn't have a passport. So that's funny. This chapter of my life, I had no international travel. Okay, except for maybe Mexico and Canada, where you could use a, your license Trans- at that yeah. point. And so. I like zipped across town in in LA traffic. Bad, not as bad as today, but pretty freaking bad. And so I had to go to the federal building to get like a to, rush passport to get it expedited. And then zipping across town, driving like an asshole. And I finally just so you can go to overseas to audition for a commercial. No, no, the audition was here, and the guys like you'd be perfect for it. Oh, it's but for it's Hank Azaria. But and it's, it's like, it, and but it's, it's overseas. We're filming. You would shoot overseas, gotcha. make a bunch okay. of money, and like whatever. Gotcha. I'm like, oh my god, they'd be amazing. Yeah. And he's like, you know, you should do this. And so I like jumped up from my desk and went down and got that and zipped across town and like sweating and like yeah. I show up, I burst into the, like the audition room, oh. and, and I I can picture it in my head so clearly. There's probably about 15 guys. That look exactly like Hank Azaria yeah. because that's what they were doing. Like right. they were trying to recreate something for a commercial, yeah. and they couldn't get Hank Azaria, and they wanted a, basically a, a look alike. Yeah. And I walked in. I'm like, oh, I get it. And I just like left. Uh, I didn't even. I didn't even meet with the people because I knew what they were doing. It's right. like I would have been wasting my time. I yeah. think you yeah. know who knows, but yeah, who knows. You but might, you but, but been, that was sort of like might have been the biggest Hollywood star. Right now. Well, that was <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. Well, well I, like in, I, in Japan because I. My audition process for Mythbusters was a video, like send in a video, because I already knew the guys. Right. And they were like, we just want a video of you to show Discovery just to, so that they can make a decision just on like how you look, how you sound, yeah. whatever. Yeah. So I've never really done an audition. Hi, I'm Tori. Hi. I like build stuff. Yeah, I, build, I build stuff. I'm Tori. Uh, help me. Help me. <laughs> I'm being held captive. I'm scared. Yeah, this is interesting. This yeah. is interesting. Wow, he's wow. good. All right, let's, let's call him I in. I see a lot of potential. He needs help. I see potential in this <laughs> in this knucklehead. So, so you so, shot it, and you sent, so, you sent in a, a VHS tape. Yeah. <laughs> Correct? No. <laughs> VHS tape. Come on. Wait, what year was, was this? Fun. This was like 90, uh, 2003. There was digital. What do you? I shot you, it. Oh, you I can shot mail it on. It. I shot it on. I'm, high I'm I not shot it on high eight, though. We skipped a few years. Yeah. <laughs> no, but but so you shot it on so tape. You shot I, it on a high eight tape. Yeah. Yeah, and then you and then That's you and then you digitized it. Yeah. See. And then you put it onto a VHS D- tape. No DVD. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but anyway, I never. So I. That was like my first. That was like my only audition that I've ever done. Uh-huh. And so then when Mythbusters was over. I remember I got called to come and do a. It was like a, a new game show that was oh, going yeah. on Discovery. Okay, and they wanted me to audition, and I walked in and who, what's the guy? Uh, Attack of the Show. Yeah, but he was there. Me. Yeah, and it was it literally. I walk in and it's like, okay, they're looking for like a white dude. Yeah, like a middle American white dude. Yeah, to host this. And it was so nerve wracking. Oh my god, I don't know how people do it. Like I, I, I hate it. They're like, okay, great, let's let's do it again. And you got all these strangers, and there's cameras at you. I'm either I either oh. nail it or I suck at it. Oh, I had to go in and, and audition for a sitcom, mm-hmm. 
and I went in and one of the one of the casting directors or producers or something was like a fan of three sheets and I went in there and I while I was waiting I went from like uh and I don't know if it's adrenaline or hormones or whatever it is like I went from like excited to nervous to calm like and and, and by the time I went in there it was a fucking crapshoot as to who I was and I went in there and I was a little nervous yeah and and, and it just like I just couldn't like sometimes you walk in and then your nerves settle and you can do it. I couldn't catch up to the the nervousness yeah. while I was in there, and I, don't, I, I obviously didn't get it. But like right. you know, and it depends. Like if I'm if I'm having like a great week, like I remember I was shooting Chug, mm-hmm. um, the show that ended up on Nat Geo. Yeah, but I was I, I just got back in. I I had shot for twenty days overseas and I was feeling like. The camera's on me. I'm, right. I, I'm like you were, you were like working out. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah. That's exactly right. And he was like, "All right, here we go. It's the prize I, fight." I land and and they call me in that day. So I landed in the morning and I went like at five o'clock to an audition nearby near here. Yeah. So that I didn't have to sit in traffic and overthink things. I went in feeling good, walked in with all this confidence, and I walked out. And they called me that night, told me that that I got it. That's awesome. That was the showdown of the Unbeatables, the Nat Geo's attempt to capture the magic of Mythbusters. <laughs> but but I know what you're saying. Like that's like that. You know, the what? audition process is the most awkward. Ugh. You can't care. Yeah, and it's- I mean, I've had one like. I would say that there was like three. One, the one that was the worst, like I said, when I showed up, and there was literally lookalikes. It was like, oh, look, there's versions of me. Yeah, they're looking for that guy. And then, but then there was other ones where I went in for just like a video test, Mm -hmm. and I knew the guy. Like the producer was a good friend of mine. And even then, I'm like talking really fast and and overexcited, and I'm and I'm like, he turns the camera off. He's like, yeah, exactly. Calm down, calm down. I'm like. I like I'm not good at taking tests. Just throw me in, I'll do it. I know. But I'm not a good test taker. Yeah. yeah. It, oh, awful. Um I heard about the guy who went in to do the audition for um Booze Traveler. Oh. You know, basically the the show yeah, that yeah. copied three sheets. Yeah. And and he was telling me about the the audition process which I don't know why I was never brought. It was it, whatever. It was weird. Who cares? Yeah. But you're, um, you, you're over. It. Obviously, it sounds like I'm over it. Doesn't bother and, and, you. <laughs> I can tell. And he said, he said, I'm good they, at this. I picked these up. They basically were throwing it, him into like scenarios and said, okay, go tell a joke. <laughs> and I'm like, and if people couldn't tell a joke, they're like, okay, thanks, and they would kick him out. And he just happened to have a joke. And like, I don't have jokes. Yeah. I don't. I can't tell you like a joke. Yeah. But and especially like a quick one. And right. I think and think they wanted a dirty joke. Gotcha. And like, I don't know. I don't study joke books, right? You know, right? And so, like, I would have done horrible in that, but in the field, three guys walk into a bar. Yeah, I'm the white horse falls in the mud. I don't know, dirty. Like, that's a good one. Well, yeah, because like, that's the last time I told dirty jokes was when I was fucking eleven. That's a good one. Um, so I guess the question is, so so when one point you then left that world, yeah, right, and you left it behind. Which world? The the world in, uh, which world in the world of making movies oh special about, yeah 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 so like was, you had there was a there was a moment a moment in time in time well I was working on Peter Pan okay I don't, I don't like to brag but I'm gonna brag which one uh, which one was it Peter Pan it was like 2000 who was in it who was in it that's a good question I don't remember anyway it was a big budget yeah you know movie tons of tons of effects i just keep thinking of robin williams but wasn't no that. it wasn't no yeah. it wasn't it wasn't pan or whatever that was whichever one but anyway so so i was working on peter pan and uh, like people the, the jobs were going away 
So like, uh, so it's like we oh, were there was getting less be, and less because work more because more digital. Everything was going to the computer got world. It, got it. And so, and I remember a lot of people in the model shop, the the practical effects people, yeah. were going in. They were taking courses at night to learn no shit. computer painting, yeah. computer model making. And I was just I didn't want to do there. that. I was like, yeah. that's not me. I, I I'll go crazy sitting in front of a computer yeah like walking into a shop yeah and, and solving problems is so much different than sitting at a terminal oh god yeah. i was just like nah not that's not for me and so the last movie i worked on at industrial light magic was um van helsing oh sure and so we did all, like it was amazing i mean we built these crazy castles i mean it was, a, it was like one of the most fun you know we were building wow. giant miniatures yeah and uh at the end, so it was right at the end of that that I got the call to go audition for Mythbusters, and it was just kind of like the timing was kind of right. It was then. perfect, yeah. And so you went there and worked for how many years? Thirteen years. Amazing. So I think I did the right decision. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know how many shows. No, it was shows. It, shows don't do that. Yeah, and I was, you know, I was talking to everybody that I was working with, and and they, you know, all the model makers and cameramen and everything. They're just like like go go do it because yeah. model making is a dying art like yeah. you, we're, we're not going to be here and i want and, and the, the interesting thing that i don't think people realize and we're going to touch on this next time you come back when you can talk about your new show ooh there's it, to be continued because because to be continued i think people assume when you know, like when you watch a show like property brothers yeah. you know and the guys are working on the house and he's wearing a tool belt but <laughs> but but he's but it, but his cl- his clothes are incredibly clean so his, what you're he's saying not is sweating he, there's no reality in reality tv well i think in a, and most of them know but but for you, like I want to think that th- these you had a crew building your stuff, but that's not the case. No, that's true. A lot of people thought we had builders, and but we would be there all night yeah. trying to get something to work. The camera crew would be like, "All right, we're tired, we're bored, yeah. we're going home," and we would be left there in the early days yeah. of MythBusters. Yeah. Tor- towards the end, we would get builders to come in and help finish projects that we had started but in the early days we like we were making stuff up every day so yeah. it's like how do you tell somebody who's a carpenter okay i'm yeah. i need to build this machine that is gonna fling a surfboard through the windshield of a, a truck yeah okay how, like i don't even know how right, right, right. I, I gotta figure this out before i can tell you right how i want this built right so yeah in the old days and people still thought you know we had crews that came in but we were there we were the suckers so um I guess the question is, the parting question is, if you, if this opportunity didn't come along, which is amazing, right? Because how much little things can affect your 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 life? Like, yeah. Um, what do you think you'd be doing? Uh, probably be in jail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. You're uh, such a bad dude. Maybe uh, on the streets. <laughs> the streets. No, I think... Um, would you have transitioned I to computers, or would you still be doing practical? No, what I probably would have done is pursued directing oh. harder. Um, you know, I still, like, I have projects that I'm working on yeah. now that, you know, my dream would be, I want to make, I want to direct a low-budget uh, horror movie. That's that's on my time, bucket list. Last time you wanted to do a Hallmark Christmas movie. Yeah, a so lot of things changed. have changed. Things have changed. <laughs> Some big life changes. Yeah. Yeah. I always wonder because my you know my whole thing for three sheets was I went in and that's what started me on my path. You're like I want to drink all day and not not even. I mean I I went in audition for um, uh, 
what was the car? How can I get a job where I get to drink all day? No, I went. I went in an audition for this thing where it was like you were such a good chef that they turned your house into a restaurant for the day, and they wanted a host and whatever. And so I went in, and like that wasn't. Come to find out, my manager has sent me in because they wanted a host or a hostess like to seat people. They didn't want the actual host of the show. <laughs> and so I went in and I was making the 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 the, the production people laugh and, and like and they're like this is not you're not right. I'm like, "What?" Like they told me what it was. I'm like, "Oh, okay, that makes sense." So I left. It's about to get on the elevator and the guy who was behind the camera was ran down the hall. He's like, "Wait, Zane, Zane, Zane. We're going to do the show called Three Sheets where you travel around Shut the world up. and drink. Would you do it?" I'm like, "Yeah, that sounds awesome." Oh my god. And and so that if that was a, that was your moment. That, that was, was your moment. defining moment. That was a big moment. That cameraman recognized something in you. But but if that didn't and happen, if, and if you'd taken the stairs instead of the elevator, I mean, that's that, that's not. That's by the way, that's, you wouldn't know who Zane Lamprey that's, is. That could absolutely be true. Yeah. If I if I would have gone left and taken the stairs instead of waiting for the elevator, or the elevator came or, too soon. Yeah. Yeah. Came quicker than yeah. 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 That's amazing. Wow. That's cool. Um. And so you just wonder. Without these little things, where would you be? Where would you be? Yeah, I'd like to think I'd be doing fine. <laughs> I don't know if I would have moved back to I'd Syracuse. Like, you'd be, I'd like to yeah. hope. I like to imagine. I'm I hope I wouldn't be a loser in, in the uh, alternate universe. Well, I'm I'm very happy. Like I said, that that first of all, you came in. Thanks uh, for came here. Yep. Um, and are thank you, you, th- you going to give me those photos now? Thank you for staying sober during the interview. Can I get those photos back? We'll then? talk about They're digital. So to be honest with you, uh, I've literally disseminated those everywhere. Uh, I, I could give you like a disc or something if that make you feel better. It's hard to scrub the internet. <laughs> it is hard to scrub the internet. <laughs> but if you watch NCIS, it's possible. <laughs> uh, cool, dude. All right, well, you're going to come back and yeah, talk well, about thanks, your new show. Thanks for having me back. Awesome, brother. I'm so glad that people got to see and learn a different, not see, but hear yeah. a different side. <laughs> Awesome. Tori Balachi. Tori Thanks for listening. An American treasure. Now we're going to go drink. We are. It's so messed up. Make sure to stick around after this podcast to get the latest headlines from the AP News Minute. Holiday tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. Did you know there are over 10,000 wine grape varieties worldwide? Here's to thousands of gift possibilities. My go-to holiday wine is Chardonnay. I love it with turkey and potatoes. Pile on the gravy. Let me show you our more than 8,000 party-perfect wines that are in your budget and out of this world. Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection with you this holiday. Now offering same-day delivery at TotalWine.com. Cheers. The Internet has changed. So should the way you bank. PNC Virtual Wallet for Digital Banking. It's time for a change. Now through December 31st, earn up to $300 when you open and use a select new virtual wallet product. Simply establish a qualifying direct deposit and make 10 qualifying purchases with a PNC Visa debit card. To learn more, visit a branch or pnc.com slash earn offer. PNC Bank. Make today the day. Visa is a registered trademark of Visa International Service Association and is used under license. PNC Bank National Association member FDIC. Well, you're here. Might as well join us. Welcome to Zane's World. So, Erica, what did you learn? I think it's interesting that he was like making little figurines first. I don't know. If it's, I don't. I don't know if it's necessarily figurines. <laughs> I mean, but it was. He was whittling on a yeah, little. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was whittling, and he was using clay whittling and, a, and a stick. Data. Yes. Um, so that's um, Star Wars, right? Well, yeah, that was. Okay. Yeah, but that didn't sound like Darth Vader. <laughs> Luke. Oh, That's good. horrible. I can't believe you said that. <laughs> um, so let's tell people about what we've been teasing this for a while. I know. So we are I know. So and you know what's so funny? Though. Are we allowed to say that there's something else that we are prohibited from talking about? No. Don't, don't even say don't that. Don't say that. It's true. 
but I won't. Um, prohibited until we can make the big announcement, which is going to be mind-blowing. But what's truly mind-blowing about the di- direction of adventure is our new uh, ecto. Ecto. Ecto program. Not which is? ectoplasm. It was like ghost guts <laughs> from the Ghostbusters. I'm so confused. Yeah. All I just wanted to do is say what the acronym was. Uh, experiential Community Transformative Outings. Yes. Um, it's a mouthful. That's what we call it, Ecto. Ecto. And uh, Adventure is now uh, forming an events division. So so excursion division, really. Mm-hmm. So uh, we provide you right now with the clothing, backpacks, and stuff you need for your adventures. And now we're providing those actual adventures. Mm-hmm. So for an example, one might be... Uh, hiking into Machu Picchu. But don't think about like hiking into Machu Picchu and it's rough and all that kind of stuff. Like there will be food along the way. Um, when you get there, um, by the way, when you get to Machu Picchu, it's you're hiking down into the jungle. So you're hiking from like 11,300 feet to like 8,000 feet. So you're dropping like 3,000 feet. So the hike in is much more easy than the hike, hike out. out. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like a three, maybe a three-day hike in, not difficult in any regards. Um, and then... Experience Machu Picchu, the sunrise in Machu Picchu, with, um, with with you know a ceremony like of the sun gods, and then you know great food, and then you take a train back, and then and then let me show you some like amazing watering holes in in Cusco, which is the city which is known as the gateway to Machu Picchu. That's where you would fly into and take a train or hike or however you want to get into uh, to Machu Picchu. That's that's one. Um, there might be a food and beverage tour of of New Orleans, mm-hmm. um, a sailboat trip uh, around the Greek islands. Like it's curated adventures to give people experiences that we've from our travels and aligning ourselves with experts can give people a trip that it would be difficult to, to plan. And some and, and some access that mm-hmm. I don't think people would right. have. Yeah. Um, you know, most people would have, would have access to. It's like this. Like, you can go on, if you're going to go to Machu Picchu, like, and, and I did, right? So we went there and shot the show. Did a week's worth of research just to understand the landscape of the place. Like, okay, you get there at the airport. Like, what do you do once mm-hmm. you land? And then what's the best hotel to stay in? I'm looking at a map. I don't get it. I don't understand the way that the whole place is laid out. And then, and then you know, you take a train. Is the train station there? Or do you have to walk yeah, or take yeah. a take a taxi are there ubers you know what i mean and where do you eat and what's safe to eat and what's the local food and then when you get to machu picchu it can be like intimidating sure to travel like let alone that's to right. machu picchu or that's peru right. but like anywhere it's yeah. intimidating if you're not around experts and yeah. you and your wife mel have been able to be experts which it really spearheaded this idea of ecto right and then we now are learning there's even more experts that we right. can partner with yeah and, and to be clear like i'm not the expert for yeah, that trip but that we'll have experts i'll be on those trips i'll be on i'll probably i mean it we want to be there too. i mean <laughs> I, yeah i mean i i'll be on as many or all of the trips in the first few years as i can because uh, I want to make sure that they're as amazing they're as, as amazing as possible. We talked about the little things, right? Like, like people are like walking along and like, what do you need? Like, oh, my lips are chapped. Here, have a have yeah. a, have a, mm-hmm. have a fresh lip balm. Not hit off mine, <laughs> but your own. You know, yeah. Or you're carrying yeah. water, or it's just like food, and then like, and then we had talked about this one, which I think you can visualize it. Like, you know, one might be hiking the John Muir Trail into the Yosemite Valley. And you're hiking and it gets dark and you you come around this fire that's already already going and you sit on a log around the fire. And then John Muir himself, which is Lee Stenson, who's the foremost authority on John Muir. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you ever watched a, um, 
like a documentary on, on John Muir. It's usually played by him. Um, and he does like a one-man play, which I went to. And you cried. And I cried. <laughs> <laughs> and I was incredibly moved. You're and like so, literally tearing up right now thinking it. about it. Stop it. Don't you do are. that. You are. God damn it. Um, and so to have him give this one-man show for a small group will just move people. And and that is the most important thing is, to, is to, these outings are – transformative mm-hmm. like you will walk into this and you will walk out of it a different person and i'm and i'm not looking to like make it extremely challenging i'm sure some might be like we had talked about um hiking kilimanjaro like some of them might be difficult although we'll have help sherpas um i don't think they are called sherpas in I Africa. think Everett, yeah, Mount Everest are the only ones called yeah. Sherpas. Yeah, so anyway. Um, we got to learn. We got to learn, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not the expert. I'll be doing it for the first time when I join the group to do it. But it's like it's like having those surprises and having just thinking about things before people can can think about them. And and it, it's it's not about pampering, and it's not about, um, it's not really about glamping, although it might be a little bit glamping. There might be an there, experience we do that's th- glamping. There might be some glamping. Like, <laughs> you're, you'll be comfortable. You won't be sleeping on the hard ground. But, like, you know, it, but it's it's not also about, like, it, I mean, it could be, by the way. Mm, it, it could, could. It could exactly. be something that's difficult, like climbing uh, Half Dome or climbing Al Capitan, you know, like it might take you a few days right, to get like, up to the top of it, but wouldn't that be amazing? Ecto is exciting because it is inclusive. There will be an experience that is for you. Yeah, that's not right. all of that's them exactly right. might not be your cup of tea and yeah. that's okay, but there will be one that's for you. Yeah. And that experience is eliminating it being scary. Right. And allowing you to maybe get a little bit more stamps in your passport or explore an area you never thought that you could before. Right. Um, through our help, creating an experience for you. So, But also being a member of a community. Mm-hmm. And, and everyone that goes on one of these experiences will, will be connected. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you'll be able to join, you'll make friends. I mean, this all started really when I was doing my Zane Crawl events. International pub crawls through U.S. cities. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I would go to like New York and we would do five international bars on Friday, then six on Sunday, then a champagne brunch on on, on Saturday, then champagne brunch on Sunday. And it was just like such an amazing experience for these people that were strangers all kind of standing around, you know, in in the beginning to the end, exchanging phone numbers. We started it over 10 years ago, and they still all get together. Yeah, there's like a Facebook group of yeah. them or something. Yeah, they exactly. They like do meetups That's still, exactly right. Exactly right. Just... So so I'm, I'm moved by that, and, I, and I'm and i also, you know, I, I, I want people to be able to cross some things off their bucket lists mm-hmm. and just trust me that I've put a team together that is going to make an amazing trip. Mm-hmm. I've been to I've been to seventy one countries. Yeah, but even like I know for, a little bit about travel, Erica. Yeah, you do. How many have you been to? Only like four. Okay, let's see. Maybe like six now. Wow. But um, Big time. I mean, I've never been to Yosemite even, and it's because Yosemite intimidates me. You, yeah. You have to be in like a lottery to get a hotel room, or in like all these things. I think yeah. of what I hear of it that I've never even been. Right. And. I feel like I'm a pretty confident traveler, and so that's it's just exciting to. So be now able it's like to. let us let us make that trip for anyone who needs who needs to experience. Yeah, I know that. someone feels the same way as me, yeah. whether whether it be Yosemite or whether it be something else on yeah. your bucket list. Yeah, we're excited to be able to offer you an experience too. Maybe um, there's like one. It's like New York City shopping. Oh my gosh, no, maybe. Uh, no. well, I don't want to discredit no. any ideas. Let's not discredit have, any but... ideas, but, let, but let's just throw that one away. Okay. Uh, thank you very much for joining us on the show today. Uh, please tell your friends about this podcast and maybe something that you took away from it because 
um, we depend on you. Telling, it can't tell, be that I'm a ginger. Telling people, <laughs> can you please tell everyone that Erica's a ginger? Thank you for listening to another episode of Zane's World. Join us next week and every week at Apple Podcasts and PodcastOne.com. New episodes are available every Thursday. Please tell your friends about the show and don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. This week on Showman's, Kevin and Jenna chat with the host of the Keep It podcast, Ira Madison. Celine Dion says, you have to believe in yourself and not your dreams, because your dream might not come true. I went once and I sat in the front row, and she looked at me and pointed to me and goes, do you believe in love? And I'm like, yes! <laughs> and then she pointed to my friend Marco, and she goes, do you believe in me? And he's like, yes! <laughs> and then she looked at the crowd, and she's like, sing with me! Get new episodes of Showman's every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Holiday tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. Did you know there are over 10,000 wine grape varieties worldwide? Here's to thousands of gift possibilities. My go-to holiday wine is Chardonnay. I love it with turkey and potatoes. Pile on the gravy. Let me show you our more than 8,000 party-perfect wines that are in your budget and out of this world. Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection with you this holiday. Now offering same-day delivery at TotalWine.com. Cheers. The Internet has changed. So should the way you bank. PNC Virtual Wallet for Digital Banking. It's time for a change. Now through December.